Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Thank you for putting it out there. Hey, thank you. Brilliant. You know, there's a time in every church meeting when people engage. Uh, For me, I've been engaged since last uh, Monday or two weeks ago because I know I've had this responsibility coming up, so I'm engaged. And and, uh, for you, like on other Sundays, I walk in, I take a look around, I see who's near me, I see who's here, I think about who's not here, I see Miles, I look around, I look at the worship team, and there's a moment, I, I'm aware that there's a moment in the meeting where I turn my heart towards God, where I stop looking around, I get rid of the distractions and I think, wow, you know, I'm here to worship. I'm here to meet with God. He's here to meet with me. I always get astounded at that verse, um, the one that says uh, where two or three are gathered together, there he is in the midst of us. Am I the only one that gets astounded at that? No wonder they call him the Holy Ghost, ghost who walks the aisles. It's good. Welcome to our online audience uh, today. Why don't we give all of our online audience a welcome. Great to see you. And uh, that's my encouragement to you as well, that you would engage as quickly as possible. Come on in. I can hear the Holy Ghost saying, come on in. (laughs) The water's fine. I wonder where that came from. Anyway, <clears throat> Miles, and thank you. I want to do this three times today so that you don't miss it. But uh, Miles not only has the responsibility of leading our beautiful church, but also for Penrith as well. Is Penrith online too? Ah, oh, well, there you go. Penrith, we love you. And, um, and we're so grateful to Pastor Miles because He's taken on the responsibility of two churches and anybody's language, that's being spread pretty thin. And to come up with smiling and energy and laughter and inspiration and revelation all the time, big job, thanks. Thanks a million. Appreciate it so much. You know, for a short while this morning, my job, if you haven't already prepared your heart or you've only, say, partially prepared it, is to help us get to a place where we are open, receptive, ready, expectant, receiving. Because oftentimes when you think about the anointing, it's what you do in advance. It's not what you do when the oil goes onto your forehead or wherever you want to put it. It's, It's what you do in advance to prepare yourself for that moment. And so while we're, I mean, the the common expression these days is lean in. Uh, Whatever that means to you, engage. Come on in. Don't don't sit there, you know. While I'm preaching this morning for a little while, why don't you go from passive to passionate? Why, Why don't you come from disengaged to engaged? Why don't you come from quiet to bubbling? Whatever that looks like or means. Why don't we just go from unbelieving to believing? Why don't we go from, you know, like nothing to something? We do that together. And then by the time we get to the, to the anointing moment, we're ready to receive and something great will be happening in our lives. 
that okay? Everybody in agreement with me? I knew you would be. Let me start off with uh, two scriptures, if I could. The first one's from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. It says, And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith, I love this next bit, so that your faith, my faith, will not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. I mean, you, you cannot talk about the anointing without talking about the Holy Spirit. We cannot talk about the Holy Spirit without talking about the power of God. They're all synonymous. They all mean the same thing. They all mean we've gone beyond our theories. We've gone beyond our thinking. We've gone beyond our intellect and we've taken a step out into a place where we're saying, God, you're real, I'm real, let's go. This next scripture from 1 Thessalonians 1 For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and the Holy Spirit with full conviction. You know, when you listen to what Paul said to the Thessalonian church and the Corinthian church, he said, never forget how you began. We began with power. We're not about to replace that with intellect. I mean, when I was born again, I was sitting on the grass of the Sydney cricket ground. A man called Billy Graham was preaching. I had no idea what he was talking about because I was interested in the pretty girl sitting next to me. I thought the view was terrific. <laughs> but when he said, you get up and come to the front and give your life to Jesus, I couldn't stay seated. People asked me later, they said, why did you choose Jesus? I said, I couldn't help it. <laughs> It's like I was arrested in that moment. My relationship with God in 1968 began in a moment of power. It began when the anointing hit me and I could not stay where I was. I had to get up and I had to go towards that man as if I was going towards Jesus. So we're talking about the anointing Today, what is the anointing? It's the manifesting power. Like, understand, it's the manifesting. It's, the, it's, it's not sitting in the background. It's the manifesting power and presence and person of the Holy Spirit. So, of course, no Holy Spirit, no anointing. That's exciting. Uh, but fullness of Holy Spirit Fullness of anointing. What if you just say that word with me just because it's so beautiful? The anointing. Now, it's got to come from down here. The anointing. I mean, is it just me or are you starting to growl like a lion? Huh? The anointing. All right. Here, I'm going to ask you some questions And I'd like you to answer them, but so that you don't get embarrassed, I'm going to give you the answer to start off with. The answer is the anointing. Not The answer isn't the anointing. The answer is the anointing. Okay, here we go. What strange power went through the widow of Nain's little boy when he was raised back to life during his funeral procession? Answer? The anointing. What was it that caused Moses' face to shine as he came down Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments? The anointing. 
What was it that neutralised the snake's poison when it latched onto Paul's hand on the island of Malta? The anointing. When Elisha's servant was worried about the invading army, what was it that opened his eyes to see the hills around them ringed with God's armies? The anointing. When a dead soldier was hurriedly thrown into a tomb containing the bones of Elisha, what caused him to suddenly spring back to life? The anointing. When Jesus said, come to Peter when he was in the boat before he walked on the water, what was in the power of those words that made him get out of the boat? The anointing. You're doing pretty good. What was the power that drove evil spirits out of people's lives when Jesus' disciples sent them out and they anointed them with oil? So we're not talking about something small, something insignificant, something little, something weak. We're talking about something amazing when we talk about the anointing. Let me give you three words that are used in the Bible to actually talk about the anointing. Here they are up on the screen now. Ointment and, and that other word, that segment I had to, you know how in the, on the internet you press the button and it actually tells you how to say it? <laughs> I, had, I thought, unguent? No, I didn't know. It's unguent. Unguent and unction. So when you look up the word anointing in the Bible, the two words that come up in Strong's Concordance more often than any others are unguent and, and um, what's the other one? Unction. Think about the first word, ointment. If you take away the M-E-N-T on the end of it and you put A-N on the front of it, what do you get? Anoint. And if you put I-N-G instead of M-E-N-T, what do you get then? Anointing. And the word ointment is directly related to the word anointing. The word ungent or ungent, oh, I forget what it says. Anyway, what, what it is up there. It's an ointment. Now listen to this. Some of you really spiritual people, you'll get excited about this. It's, a, it's an ointment with an oil base. An unction is the act of rubbing that oil on a surface. You get that? That's what, so when you apply, ladies, you're, you're exercising unction. Okay, now here's the thing and this is the thing I really want you to get right at this moment because by the time we leave this building this morning, we will either have on us an ointment or a cream. Now some of you are very medically minded, I know. Can you give me the medical difference between a cream and an ointment? I mean, George knows this because he's, you know, Dr. George Varela, but, but um, he, and he's embarrassed to show everybody up, I know. 
Yes, there you go. A cream is water-based and ointment is oil-based. And of course, the symbol for our mighty Holy Spirit all through the Bible is oil. So in a moment, we're going to apply oil, but that is meant to be a connecting point between you and mighty Holy Spirit. When you think about the anointing, you often think about a before and after. If you don't, let me help you think about it that way now. Before and after. Have a look at the verse that's coming up on your screen. It's the verse that applies when King David wasn't a king, he was a little shepherd boy brought in off the field. The prophet Samuel had a whole, you know, a huge supply of oil and the anointing for a king was that they drenched the whole person in oil. And so it says, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. In other words, for the rest of his life. In other words, for David, right at that moment, there was a before and there was an after. There was a before he was anointed and now there was an after. And for seven years, pretty much after that, it was trouble. And after seven years, he became king. And after all, well, before that, of course, he killed a giant. I mean, when you know the life of David, you think, how did he do all that stuff? The answer is the anointing. Come on, come on, come with me. Let me, let me encourage you. Come this morning, let me help you rise in expectation for what's about to happen. Because the most important part of this meeting, I promise you, is not what I'm doing now. It's when the Holy Spirit gets let loose, when we receive and connect and engage with Him. When you're as, um, when you get a few you know, years under your belt and you walk with God for a little while, um, you know, uh, or you get you get to, to experience some things. Let me let me share with you a time when uh, I experienced the anointing. When I was a pastor in a church in Newcastle, it was a Filipino church actually. I love that church. The beautiful people, just like you, and and. Um, they decided to hold an outreach and I was going to be their guest ministry. And so we had the outreach in the Mayfield Rugby League Club. I mean, why not take an outreach right out there where it belongs? And so we set up in the, in the leagues club and the trouble was there wasn't a separate area in the leagues club just beyond the railing where they'd set up the seats and everything, there were the poker machines and the punters and everybody else out there. So I thought, oh, well, this will be interesting. And so I started to preach. We held altar calls and the club's thinking, what's going on here? Well, you know, who have we let into the building? And, um, you know, people are getting a real eyeful. Anyway, we went for about three or four nights and they must have had some complaints from the, uh, from, from the patrons. 
And so they took us away from that area and they put us right up the end of the leagues club in a small room. It, I mean, it must have been a storeroom or something. It looks like they'd cleaned out all the chairs and all the stuff that they'd stored in there and they'd thrown a few chairs in and we, you know, and that was where we had our outreach. And it was really interesting because after three or four days of preaching in there, like, let, let me give you the background to this. A week before we went there, my, at home, my television set bro- broke. Like we couldn't get telly into the home. Now, in, it must have been before 2010 because around about 2010 was the time that you could get social media on your phone. Before that, all you could do was make a phone call pretty much. How about that? Anyway, <laughs> oh God, would you bring those days back for me? Anyway, uh, the, the telly broke. And so for the week running up to this outreach, all the clutter of the world was stopped from coming in, not only just into our house, but into my mind. You know, one of the secrets to hearing from God and connecting from God is silencing all the other voices. You get that? That's a good one right there. And so all through that week, I was praying and waiting on God and preparing messages and believing for people to be born again and believing for healings and miracles. And, you know, so, and now we're in this club on the last night and, um, you know, there wasn't a, a moment went past, like every, all through those four nights, every time there was a song, you were drinking. You know, you were engaged. Every time something else was happening, somebody was testifying, and you were there, you were cheering them on, you were engaged. And then when you were preaching, you know, like I always used to think, gee, it's a wonderful thing to be a preacher because the preacher's ears are closer to his mouth than anybody else's. I get the good news first. Anyway, you know, all through those four nights preaching and being inspired and, you know, and, and so when we got to the last night, it was almost at the last 15 minutes, I had a word of knowledge about somebody who had a sore ankle. Now, again, how simple can it get? Because if I had a guess and said, look, there's somebody here with a, with a sore ankle, maybe four or five people might put their hands up. But I had a word of knowledge from God. And this guy came forward and so I sat him in a chair opposite me and lifted up his foot. And when I started to pray, the anointing, say it with me, please, the anointing. The anointing came on him and his foot and he started to scream out, the bones are moving, the bones are moving, the bones are being rearranged and he's sort of jerking and, you know, like it's like it's uncomfortable for him. And when, he, when I finally stopped praying and put his foot on the ground, tears are running down his face and he stood up. He said, I've had a, I had a bad accident, a bike accident, I think he said, and the bones in his ankle never mended properly. It was a bad accident. And he said, they've been healed, they've been healed. Now, let me just clarify something. When a person, you, me, anybody, prays for somebody else and something like that happens, there's nothing great about the person, about you, me or anybody else. 
I can pray before, I can wait on God before, I can worship before, I can preach, I can get a word of knowledge. But at the time I begin praying, if Holy Spirit doesn't show up, nothing happens. If anointing doesn't happen, nothing happens. And so really all I was right at that moment was a spectator with a front row seat. (laughs) And what a front row seat it was. This guy's jumping around and saying, it's healed, my ankle's healed. And that night he said, you know, I'm still not totally sure. So I'm gonna do something tomorrow that I've never done for a long time, something I used to love to do. And he went rock climbing on an indoor rock climbing wall the next day. And the next night he rang me and said, it's totally healed. What did that? Tell me, what did that? The anointing, the anointing. The anointing, please let me help you get your expectation up here today because there's no reluctance on the part of God to come to you and to me today to minister to us. In fact, before I came today waiting on the Lord, you know when Paul said to the Corinthian church, I came to you in fear, in weakness and in trembling. And I felt like Holy Spirit said to me, there's gonna be people here today in fear of something or other in weakness and in trembling, like something. And and I believe as you're anointed, I might add just about all of us might be able to fit into one of those categories at least. But um, I, I believe that for those of you, let your faith go loose today. Why not? If you draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. You know, why wouldn't we just run into the presence of God and allow this anointing that He just shed abroad over the earth, waiting for people to open up and receive Him? Well, you know, does it still work? That was years ago. But the other day, um, I, well, it was, when was it? Around about the 19th of December last year. I had a couple of days of, real sickness, it came and went very quickly before I could get a COVID test actually. But I I felt better after the second day. And so as you do, you go out and you mow the lawn in the heat. And, And when I was near the gutter of the road, I lost my footing and I tackled Barry Bitumen. And came off second best. I was lying on the road there thinking, can I get up? My, my, my arm had come up in this huge bruise and I thought, oh, thanks to those blood thinners, every part of me from my hip down to my leg is going to come out in a massive bruise. I thought, oh, no, what have I done now? Like I am my own worst enemy. There's no doubt about that. My mother used to say to me, David, if there's a hard way to do anything, you'll find it. It's, it's happened all my life. Anyway, the next day I had family arrive for our pre-Christmas celebration and uh, my daughter-in-law Sarah said to me, you don't look all that wonderful. I said, well, I have had an altercation with the road out there. And um, uh, she, she said, all right, all the grandchildren. 
And so she got my 10-year-old, my 13-year-old grandchild, even little Bree, who's only two, decided to get in on the action and reach up. And she said, come on, we're going to pray for Poppy. Well, they came along and the two older boys, they actually prayed, you know, on their own. And when they're doing this, I'm thinking, have I just been taken to heaven? Have I just died and gone to heaven? This is the most beautiful thing I think I could have ever experienced. And I, I, inside me, I had trouble choking the sobs and I'm saying, oh God, answer their prayer, show them how powerful you are. And you know something? My, my, my elbow was healed in quick, smart time. A bruise never came out on my leg. What, what, did, what did all that come on? You know, what did all that? What did all of that? The anointing. So how do, you, how do we go about this as we, as we come into this time where we're going to pray and Pastor Miles will lead us in how to do that. But for those of, for those of us that are praying and some of us are going to anoint our, ourselves, so you're going to be the person praying and receiving. Sometimes you're the best prayer for you. Yeah. So here's what you need to do. And I'm hoping you've been doing this from the time you set foot in the place up until this moment, I'm hoping you're taking your lead and putting it into the charger. I I used to teach people to pray for the sick. I said, put one hand on the throne of God and one hand on the sick person and just stand there and pray believing. You know, it's like a defibrillator. Have I got that word right? Defibrillator. I think I've got that right. You know those two pads they use? Clear, ka-chunk. And it, and it either restores the rhythm of the heart or it starts the heart again. But if that thing hasn't been charged, all they are is two little metal pads doing nothing. Yeah? See these things on the end of our hands? They're just, you know, like paws with fingers and fingernails, that's all they are. But you plug these things by faith into the presence of God, they become things that impart the anointing, the mighty anointing of God. My goodness, I mean, Paul even left handkerchiefs that he'd prayed over in people and the anointing went from him into the handkerchief onto the person. Can you believe that Elisha was dead and his bones were in a tomb and one day they threw a soldier in, boom, he just springs straight back to life again? How does that work? I tell you how it works, come on. The anointing. So if you're the person praying this morning, let the Holy Spirit, you know, touch Him. Let Him touch you. Establish the link. I know you've done it already because you're wonderful people of faith. But for receiving, you know, for those who are receiving, hunger and thirst, expectation, receiving by faith. Do do you know how to receive by faith? Look, honestly, often when you first start to pray and go towards God and believe Him for a miracle or a healing, the anointing's just as real as if it came like a rushing wind with fire and everything else. But at the start, it's often unseen and unfelt. It's there, but that's why we need to embrace it by faith. It's like a friend of mine once complained that he'd prayed for the baptism in the Holy Spirit and... um, 
and he never received, he, you know, God didn't do anything. God, did, God didn't give me anything. I said, when you prayed, did you receive that baptism by faith? No, he said. So I said, well, that's why you complain so much. <laughs> you didn't receive. If you receive something, it'll work its way out in your life, whether it takes a minute or an hour or a week or a month or a year or 10 years. You watch, the anointing will work so powerfully. One of my favourite scriptures with the anointing is the one that says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's got power. We're not talking about something insipid here. We're talking about something wonderful. Something so powerful. It's what God now uses and teaches us to use in order to bring deliverance and hope. And, you know, for those of you who are still in a grieving process, this anointing will bring you through that grieving process all the way through to brighter days and your wonderful new normal. You know, there are some people that they, they have terrible things happen to them. You've only got to live you know, the last year I've been walking with a person, assistant pastor of a church way up in Queensland and um, that person just got up one morning. He got to church. His wife had gone to pick up her brother and sister-in-law and um, a person came over the other side of the road and uh, only the brother survived the car crash. This is a pastor on his way to church. He said, uh, so, you know, sometimes things happen to us. We go, God... Were you on holidays in the Bahamas this morning? How does that work? What, what happens with that? This is unfathomable. This is not right. This is not on my agenda. This is not how I planned it would happen. But you come this morning and receive the anointing. A year later, that man is whole, healthy, remarried, and he's got a new life in front of him. Why? The anointing. The anointing. The anointing so beautiful. Just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment if you do that for me. While I've been preaching, I, I know the, if the music team could come, they are. But I know that while you've been worshipping and while you've been listening, I, I know that the important thing this morning is not that I've preached, but that the Holy Spirit has preached. Anybody who's preached enough messages, no, it's not my message that you need to hear, it's His. And I'm going to ask you, what's Holy Spirit been saying to you today? What's He saying to you now? Let that brilliant anointing. Somewhere deep down, you'll have been communing with Him and He's been speaking to you. What's He been saying to you personally? Trying not to be super spiritual, but I sense the mighty presence of God in this house, in this place, in this atmosphere. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overwhelmed by your presence, Lord. I love that song. 
one of my favourite songs. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place, fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overwhelmed, overcome by your Spirit, Lord, by your presence. And there's most likely somebody here this morning that the Holy Spirit's saying to you, come to Jesus. Come. Come and receive Jesus. Come and receive forgiveness for every one of your sins. Come and let your disappointment be changed into encouragement. Come. You know, when before we're born again, the Bible describes us as deaf and blind and um, separated from God. He can change that this morning. He can give you eyes that see, ears that hear, and a heart that responds warmly to Jesus and His forgiveness. And if that's you this morning, we're going to pray a prayer, all of us together together, saying after me, Lord Jesus, it's so easy to love You. Religion's not that great. You're wonderful. We receive You today. today. We crown You as our Lord and our Saviour. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving me and including me into the family of God. Father, thank you. Now I pray, God, as we move into this beautiful time of anointing, we open ourselves up to you, to healings, to miracles, to revelations, to to your beautiful work in our life. In Jesus' name.